0: listening to the live let's play podcast oh how are you keeping dude
1: everything's good excited that we can finally get this going man
0: yeah it's been well it's over like nearly about a year and a half two years since we first you were actually asking about strength and conditioning mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm.
1: uh, it's, it's,
0: and it's like, crazy
1: how, um, how things how things change man
0: yeah like like from a simple dm to obviously following each other, like seeing what you're doing, seeing your progression. And just kind of like kind of an online friend, I suppose, really. Uh, because like mm-hmm. watching your videos and watching what you're doing, it it keeps me energized in being a coach and wanting to be a coach. And like that's what I follow, like my Instagram following is very I only follow very specific people because I lo- like I don't just follow like if you like if you follow me, I'm not necessarily going to follow you unless I think you can, your videos or your, your posts are going to inspire me and they're, they're genuine. And some of them are quite funny as well. Like I love your kind of, your, when you take the, you take the mick out of uh, different styles of basketball players and which are, I'm not on TikTok, but um, that's, uh, <laughs> it's a younger man's game. It's not, it's not my game. <clears throat> um, yeah. Uh, uh, so, <clears throat> pretty much uh with the with the podcast uh i'm gonna run just through a few questions about your you your coaching uh your your new uh, appointment with uh, orangeville prep um and then just like like i'd kind of like to talk a little bit more about on the strength and conditioning side and how you feel because i work with a lot of basketball well <clears throat> i've worked with a lot of basketball athletes in ireland and kind of the differences that you would see in canada like, the, the tier level is is huge. So, I'm right. like, what do an aspiring Irish basketball player need to put in their game to get to that next level? Like, the, a few kids right. get scholarships, but not to the point where it's like basketball is still a non-paid sport in Ireland. Like, even at the highest okay. level, you don't get paid. Right. Um, Right, right, national, right. like if you make the like you make the national team that's great but you're not on the world stage right Thank you. right we're not okay. our height or jumping ability but, uh, <laughs> it was Irish but we'll crack on
1: right yeah yeah no like and it's 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 unfortunate but it's not also at the same time because I think there's also silver lining in how everything is happening because yep. if you really pay attention to it um, what i what i found is that a lot of times your relationship with money can affect how you kind of in, how you view certain things right so with that being said i found that when i was doing um, when i was coaching intercity and it was a nonprofit organization it was more of a leeway how people would basically let you do what you're doing because they understood that you were volunteering your time, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of coaches kind of like that. The aspect that they could be in a nonprofit organization and they could continue to do what they do, right? Yeah. When it gets to a certain level where you get paid where money is put in, a lot of times it happens that coaches or players have to lose their identity to fit in to be able to um fit that bigger picture. Right. So yeah. I think there's a silver lining. I think, I think there's a silver lining to people not getting paid for what they do because it means that the people that are doing it, are truly the people that love it. Yes, And then the purity of the, of that sport, uh, the purity of that foundation stays. That's, that's, that's something that I've learned over time. Yeah. You know?
0: well, that's like we, we, we have a sport in Ireland. It's called, uh, we, we have two sports. We have Gaelic, which is our variation of football, and we have hurling, which is like mm-hmm. like just running. With, it's, uh, it's fifteen guys with sticks and a small leather ball, and uh, yeah, it gets right. pretty nasty. Uh, it's the fastest, actually, the fastest field sport in the world, mm-hmm. according to. But that's that's you uh, you 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 play for the love of your county. It's pride it's honor to play for like i'm from dublin it's it's to play for the dublin team you don't get paid you might get some sponsorships you might get a few endorsements you don't actually get paid as a player and they're always talking about making it a professional sport so lads could be paid and they keep they keep coming back to if it's a paid sport you can't just play for your county you'd be allowed to be poached to play for anyone and it would ruin the sport because the guys that come up through the ranks are only playing that sport because they love it. They still have to work a full-time mm-hmm. job, um, but they love the sport. And you're getting, like you say, you're getting a true athlete, a true lover of, of the game, player of the game. Uh, so I, I see what you mean with that. As like once money comes into it, it can change mm-hmm. it. But, for, like, I suppose for you, well, let, let's kind of get into the, the reason why you're actually on my show is uh, obviously – a few years ago, you, about a year and a half ago, you contacted me cause you were looking at, um, strength and conditioning. Uh, right. Where did you feel that for you as a coach, uh, play like players were, why did you feel that you needed more strength and conditioning education or you needed to kind of look into it more for your players?
1: Right. So, well, oh, first of all, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, I've always been a fan of sport. I've always been an athlete. Mm-hmm. So for me, the biggest thing was this thing that I love. Is there a way for me to get um, to, to make my living off of it? Right. Yeah. There's not that much money in coaching mm-hmm. per se. Right. So a lot of times like you'll find like the really um, the coaches that are really into it as time goes on. You'll see that these coaches will have to find other avenues to basically, you know, either get paid, right? So, yeah. a lot of them, what they want to do is they'll, they'll do private trainings, private sessions. Um, other people will do strength and conditioning and stuff like that. So, with me, the reason behind why I found that I needed to head into that avenue and just understand the body a little bit more was because I was never, I was never like a gifted athlete, right? I always had to work for what I had. Yeah. So I was fascinated to help out others and gain an understanding of how you can, um, how you can, how you can achieve certain heights, how you can achieve certain levels of athleticism or speed or whatever. Um, I was always, I was always interested to see how I can transform my body. And in that aspect, as you're seeing on my Instagram now, mm. it's just about inspiring people to push themselves to be the best that they could be. Yeah. And when I started taking that approach. You know, I knew I wanted to coach, but I also understood that there was going to have to be, there was going to have to be, um, (sighs) there was going to have to be a certain, a certain, certain sacrifice, a certain lane that I would have to go to in order to be able to win my life. Right. In order to, and that's where I fell across your page. So I started researching functional movement and things like that. And The passion that I've developed for functional movement is I want everything to be related. I want everything to be game-like. I want everything to have a purpose to do it. Because as you can see, and that's why I love your page too, is back in the day, we used to just, everybody's training was kind of like training all the same way. You know, guaranteed if we had Michael Jordan back in this day, now, Michael Jordan would probably be training differently to adjust to the game that is going on, right? Because you remember back then... It used to be more um, slow movement and that's more your lane. But like it used to be based on what I've understood, it was more like uh, three sets of 10, uh, try to go as heavy as possible and things like that. Right. Things are kind of changing now. And that's where I kind of like developed like that understanding to be like, OK, things are changing. There needs to be a new um, a new way of thinking. And I thought I was a fan of functional movement because it really helped me, you know, the releases. um. Uh, retentioning elastics and things like that so like that's where i kind of like developed that passion for it
0: yeah no and, and I, I i i totally agree that like it's uh, how they've trained athletes and how even like now i would i would argue how they still train some athletes in regards to like i've seen one program that was it had um like i don't know how many like I'd say 150 type of dynamic, different type of dynamic squatting and lunging. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, have you assessed? And this is just a, a, a program that was sent out. It wasn't like, you didn't assess the athlete. Does the athlete have bad mechanics when they jump to right. their knees buckle? Like, are their glutes on? They're firing their hamstrings and are making depth. I'd rather you do three sets of eight really good squats than 150 really bad squats because those bad Mm -hmm. squats are only compounding a bad movement and eventually it eventually gives you an injury um but yeah no i I think when it comes to when it comes to you kind of young athletes it's what's in their best interest and for me it's always been how is your body going to be after you retire Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you still have to live your life you still have to be able right. to walk to the shops and like if you have kids by then go pick up your kids and you want to be able to play and run if you want to do all these different things now but i also get the other side is that when you become a professional athlete right you're being paid to put your body you're you're paid to give up your body mm-hmm. to the thing yeah and when you're performing that's not health and i'm more about Making people healthy and strong for life, but the performance right. aspect is different. And like any of my guys that come to me, we have that conversation. so say, like, "Well, what do you want in life? Do you? Do you, Because if you play basketball, um, the likelihood of an ankle or knee or hip or back problem is quite high. At some point, most players get injured. Same if you play rugby or American football. There is an injury. There's a type of injury that comes with that sport. every sport. And my goal is Great. to make you as strong as possible to try and avoid those. So more of preemptive. Cause I don't like the likes of rehab training. Rehab training is because something happened. I like prehab strength training.
1: Prehab. So, yeah. So yeah. we stop. like that. prevent preventative, like before yeah. the fire happens actually, like, yeah. you know, yeah, it's, it's uh, sorry to cut you off, but like, it's, oh. it's actually fascinating. So like, we have this as coaches, and I've learned this. We've had we've had this one way to do things, and what you have to do is if you want to have the best impact on your players. You have to have an individualized approach, mm. and that's where I think like our our philosophies kind of align because I think that I think that a lot of times we say okay we got to do this drill, but then it's like it's a, so general that it's not going to be specific to what each athlete needs, right? Now there's one thing that I know. That when you look at my practices or you look at um, my warm ups and things like that, there's a certain time where I have to let the athletes do what it is that they need to do to get into the game. I'll give you an example. If I have an athlete who's a high flyer, okay, or he's going to work a lot more on coordination. So he might have a jump rope, he might do his little rope on the side or whatever. If I have a point guard who needs to calm his mind, he might do a little more meditation. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think the stigma of everybody doing their own thing and the coach not controlling what is actually happening is what's preventing some athletes to reach their highest potential. Yeah. Because we're so, we're fascinated by control. We're so this, we're so that. And back to the, to the, to the training part that you were talking about, everybody's different, Right. A barbell squat for a seven foot guy is not going to be the same thing as a barbell squat for somebody who's five foot two or five <laughs> foot three. You get what I'm saying? Exactly. So it's it's but there's going to be this aspect where they're going to see the guy's bigger, the guy's taller. Whoa! whoa how come I could I could I could uh, squat more than you? I can do this. I can do that. It's not the same thing. Because somebody who's seven foot, simple science, yeah. has a longer way to go down, so it's a much harder exercise for them. You get what I'm saying, and it's harder to to manipulate the weight too, you know. And that's a separate topic, but that's why I like I like kettlebells for that for that. Yeah. Matter.
0: And the Coach, coach Don John, uh, I don't know if I mentioned him when we spoke last time. He's worked NBA, uh, high school, college, everything. And he, like he's worked, he's worked with everyone—army, navy, seals. This the man is. I always talk about. Him, I think people are fed up with me talking about him. But like he, he stands true to pretty much how to make people the best uh, mm-hmm. at the sport. And he was saying, like he was saying, like in a, a, when he was coaching basketball players, someone over six foot six doesn't need to squat. He can squat. But he doesn't need to squat. You can lunge. You can do hamstring work, quad work. You do not need to pull it. it train him like a powerlifter, and that is kind of a misconception. Is like, well, the best way to get strong is by squatting, putting a bar on your back and squatting to depth. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, but that's the best way to get strong. But how strong does a basketball player need to be? Does mm-hmm. he need to have a max? Does he need to have a hundred and sixty kilo back squat? No. Nope. An NFL mm-hmm. probably would, or not, well, much more than that. Um, but he doesn't need to have that because, the like you say, the law of the lever. Like, right. that head right. is going away from that knee joint and that weight and that's lower back and everything's taken a pounding. So, yeah, the likes of kettlebell work and dumbbells and, and all this type of kind of other movements mm-hmm. you can do to develop that athlete. Um, and in the individualized way you were saying, as in, like, some guys who are amped up. Uh, might need some meditative, uh, some breathing training or technique work to kind of calm Everybody's them Everybody's different, yeah. <clears throat> and I, that happened to me. We made, my school, now this is like a war story, I suppose. But I was, my year, when I was finishing my senior year in school, we got to the finals. The first time our school ever got to the finals of basketball, uh, which was a shock. Okay. Uh, and we were we were <laughs> proud of what we did. Now we were going up against like the, a team called Saint Andrews. They were like the, the top dogs there every year. And our coach on the day decided to do mindfulness with everyone. First time ever doing it, mm-hmm. and freaked our two guards out. They could not function on the court. Mm. They went because he was he, he just I was like, you, you can't throw something new in. On the, on the day of the event, right? And then our guys kind of felt it. They kind of felt the shit. Uh, they were just, they were, he psyched them out <clears throat> by adding something new. as said, if you're going to train, wow. something, like, you're going to try. Now, we were never going to win. Let's, right, right. So we knew we were never going to win, but we wanted to be, have a bit of a, be the dog in the fight a little bit. Um, but yeah, after, I think, the first eight minutes, it kind of just, the guys, they just lost all. But it's like um, you, you don't introduce a new training method the day off. Like, if, that, if you want to do that mindfulness, you should have been doing that months ahead of schedule. Right. So we knew what oh, was practices. going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I honestly think that's what uh, messed up a lot of the team uh, because it mm-hmm. wasn't. Uh, Routine's important. And that's what and the way you're doing it. And I've met some coaches that do that. They sit down with their clients and they, their coaches, uh, their, their athletes, and they talk to them and they go, right, this is the way I want you to warm up. Like there's the general team warm up, but then you need to spend five, 10 minutes here. <clears throat> and you need to f- spend five, 10 right. minutes here. And I, I like that right. approach. Like you say, the individualized approach, because then you're, you're looking after the athlete and it's not about yeah. you as the coach. The coach's job is to get the win but it's also to get your athletes to perform. And if it's all about right. well, my way or the highway to a point, I think, I don't think you're a good coach. I think you're right. like, more ego yeah. ego driven.
1: It don't work. It doesn't work. Especially with this generation. Like they want to know that I'm talking like an old guy. <laughs> I'm just 29. I'm talking like an old guy, but this generation just want to know that you care about them, yeah. right? You want to. They want to. They want a relationship, whether you whether you like it or not. Your best players want to be coached, mm. and your team wants to have a relationship with their coach. Period. Yeah, That's yeah.
0: It. Big time. So,
1: if if you're if you're if you're in a situation where you say, okay, this is what needs to happen, this is what I need to do, this, with, it's not tending to the better good of your athletes.
0: Yeah, I, I, I know. There's like there's. <clears throat> There's a philosophy, a coaching philosophy. I'm sure you have a coaching philosophy. Is like this is how I like the game to run, but then again, that's that's the overview, that's the umbrella. This is how we want things to go. But then to have that happen, you need each player at its at his peak. So that that doesn't mean right everyone follow Oliver and do A, B, and C when. Mm-hmm that's the thing that's going to either psych them out or wind them up or do something that completely messes with the brain. And again, this day and age, you need to do all that. Like we, with our team program, our strength and conditioning program, we treat them like a team, even though it's just, it's strength and conditioning and it's multi, they all play different sports. Some just do the gym and we do mindful, we do mindset coaching. We did an hour and a half on Saturday with them when we talked about insecurities, weaknesses, strengths, goals, um, challenges, hardships. Even I, the the coaches, I talk about my insecurity as a teenager, uh, which to them is like too long ago. And um, and my two coaches then spoke about two insecurities they have. And it's just, I think it's, when I grew up, it wasn't. It was just go do the work. The hardest work in the room wins. There was no mindfulness kind of stuff then or like kind of, Individualization of the of the athlete. Uh mm-hmm. but I think now, like you're saying, like it's it's definitely a bigger part of the game and all sports, I suppose, but it's definitely a bigger part of the game of looking after your athlete on an individualized basis. Yeah. In the team environments, pretty big.
1: Yo, it's I can go on a tangent about this, man. Like you hit the nail right on the head. I personally found my experience coaching, I found that my best the best the more rewarding and the best years that i've had coaching i've done the least amount of coaching in games right Mm. my practices were adapted to what my players needed but in the games it's kind of like once you understand that you can't control everything it's your one you can live with yourself Mm. two you can actually focus on what you can't control which is like your practices and like stuff like that but you can't really control whether you could control the effort on whether you win a game or not but you can't really control like oh every shot's gonna go and we're gonna make every you can't really control these things right so you gotta take away like brain power like i call it brain juice you gotta take away the brain juice from like the the aspects that you can't really control right so like when you put your efforts in like um practices and things like that man forget about it man like it's 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 so rewarding to see to see them to see at the beginning of the season players have started from a certain from a certain level and then yeah. see them at the level that they're at man so rewarding so rewarding
0: no that's cool I, I I like that like mentality as a as a as a coach and just the year I, I like that idea it it, it in all fairness, it reminds me of when I read Phil Jackson's book of how he was like it's all about the practice and then the game. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he tried his best not to put himself in the game um, when he, I think it was when he was with the Lakers. I, I can't. Yeah, I'm not. Well, mm. it's Phil Jackson anyway. And yeah, uh, yeah, it's it is a good because you 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 can control the like what's going to happen on the game. You can't because firstly you you have a whole other um you you like your whole other team that can disrupt any plan that you have right you, like you you can't control like anything you can just i suppose the only thing you can control on as a coach is keeping your players heads on straight a, a right. time right. yeah. so, they're on the court you have to you have to just go and just make sure you're just looking after them i suppose rather than shouting at them and telling them what to do all the time right right right
1: 100 percent. i agree 100 percent.
0: Um, but I actually—I like circle back to one thing that you said earlier. Um, you were talking about obviously living uh, work-wise as a coach, man. Coaches like making money and having new side gigs and stuff like that. And you were saying like you—you you, you need to put in. You have to sacrifice a fair bit to live the life that you eventually want to live. To have that freedom and the financial freedom. And in all fairness, everyone would—everyone lo- wants. Like I started a company because I want financial freedom. I also want to help as many people Mm -hmm. as possible, but I I don't want the company to be my sole, um, just all consuming effort because that's not what I want it to be. I want to enjoy what I do. But that like what you said there kind of reminded me of what a kind of Jacko Willick says, like discipline equals freedom. And it's if you're willing to put in the work now, and put in the sacrifices now A look like get up and train every morning, do your stretching before you go to bed, eat good food to fuel your performances. The payoff is better, further down the line. The discipline will give you the freedom you want. A lot of people, and I think a lot of youths, teenagers now, they want the instant gratification rather than delayed gratification. And I think that's probably something, <coughs> excuse me, that needs to be taught again as in it kind of like hard work pays off that kind of mentality but it's if you are if you go to bed at 10 o'clock every night and get up rather than staying up till 12 on social media you're gonna have more energy to perform Mm -hmm. a training and kind of given instilling that kind of that mind-setting in in youths of the discipline the discipline now will give you the freedom that you want later on right, like, right. and I, I think that is just a general thing I like to teach people um, trying to teach to a five-year-old right now not going down too well he's <laughs> yeah, Sorry. Uh, yeah. I, did, <clears throat> I did the marshmallow test with him <clears throat> the other uh, weekend I don't know if you know this is the marshmallow test is where they put a marshmallow on the counter or something a, a child likes on the counter and you go if you wait five minutes you'll get two and then depending on the study did it with a bunch of kids aged between three and four and they followed the kids up until their teens or tw- uh, till they're in their twenties. And they found that the, the kids that waited the three minutes to five minutes to get to two marshmallows performed better in school with grades. And this is, I think there's a couple of thousand kids they did this with uh, went on to higher education and, or had really good jobs. The kids that had instant gratification didn't really perform well in school or sports. And I was just like, "That's pretty fascinating." So I did it with mm. my son. I did it with my son, and he was, I was like, "There's a marshmallow. You can have it now." And he's like, "Straight for it." I was like, "Or, or, or," trying to like kind of coax him. I'll give you two if you wait. And it took him a while, and he still was like, "I'll take the marshmallow." I was like, "Are you sure? You'll get two now if you wait five minutes." and uh, he went off and he came back and he ended up taking the too like, I kind of had to coax him a little bit he uh, yeah. understood <clears throat> what it meant but it was uh, yeah right. it was a good uh, instant gratification and I think that's like not only kids and teens I think adults want instant like social media like you put up a post want people to like it the more likes right. that endorphin hit uh, yeah right right but I think teaching kids long term like you do pre-season so at the end of the season, you're still performing at your best. You know, like you put in the, the yes, hard work yes, yes. to try and get things. So I like that. Like when you when you said that, it just reminded me of like this equals freedom. Like putting in mm-hmm. to get yeah, personally to get the life that you want. Hmm.
1: So that's so. That was the idea behind, I don't know, I have like a little series on like TikTok and I post like some of the highlight reels on uh, on uh, Instagram. It's called The Journey to the Pros. But yeah, yeah it's friend, just an bro, understanding. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you no, know? it's just an understanding that I want. <laughs> it's an understanding. I want people to understand that like <laughs> everything you do every day kind of adds up to the big picture, yeah. right? So if you want to be a coach, you got to do something every day to basically push you to be that. Right now, I'm taking it a day by day basis. But what what can you do in a day to have a successful day? Right, I found that having like schedules and things like that. Because what what kids have what kids have a problem grasping is just this idea of time. Right, as young kids, we always think we have time. We think we're invincible. We think we have time. And then at a certain point, some event has to happen in their life to be like, oh my gosh, like it's now or never. That's where you'll notice that most athletes who are trying to get recruited. They'll only really start, 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 start at their last year. If you don't yeah. actually like push them, they'll actually start at the last year, be like, yo, I have to do this. I have to get recruited. I have to, I have to, you know. So anything that you can do, and this is a little trick because we're, as a society, as humans, we're fascinated with numbers, right? Anything you can do that could give them concrete and tangible evidence that what you're doing right now adds up it will play a big dividend in the end. Mm. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Right. Um, and I'm sure you've seen this. Oh, so a kid will be like, Oh, I got to go lift," And then they'll spend like two and a half hours, three hours in the gym. Right. Yeah. You were in the gym for three hours, but was it efficient work? Is this work? Can I actually leave and say that I got better at this skill? Mm. Right. So sometimes as a coach, what you have to do is maybe tell them, okay, guys, the gym is only open for one hour. Now kids move on efficiently because you've given them that structure. You're yeah, giving yeah. them that one hour. Be like, the gym is only open for one hour. Get your get your stuff done. Boom, boom, boom. They start going. Yeah, I gotta finish this. Yeah, and even you guess what? Because you give them that structure, some of them will even do their warm ups before the one hour.
0: Yeah, to, to maximize your time.
1: So now Shoot. they're getting to understand because, like, a lot of times, like. Yes, you want to get to a certain level, you want to do certain things, but it's like it's not productive, it's not effective. Efficient reps will always win, man. Oh, yeah. Efficiency will always win.
0: Yeah. Always, 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 man. And I remember when the when the a coach I worked with years ago, Mike Hollis, he used to always say, He goes, if you're not doing the fundamentals, you're not winning.
1: Mm-hmm. You're
0: too good. And we say I say that in the gym. If you think, because you get you get like even with our adults and stuff like that, I was like. If you think a barbell is too light for you, you need to warm up with heavier weight. Then you have you've, you've problems with understanding fundamentals. And if you can't do the movements with the fundamentals of lightweight or no weight at all, then there's there's the mm-hmm. issue. And you're never going you're you're going to pause, you're going to get to a point where you can't move any forward because you're not fixing the basics and the tools. Right. Like we've been locked down for six months now, so we're going we're opening next month for the gym. And nice. Any member that comes back has to go through a whole fundamentals program again. Oh, but I've done that before. Yeah, but it's been six months since I've coached you, so mm-hmm. you're going to go through it again. And if you want to be a member of the gym and you want to turn up, then that's how we do it. Same with our kids. We we only gave our kids barbells, <clears throat> or sorry, not kids, our teens barbell work, uh, no weights. Oh, but I I feel good. So, yeah, but like let's let's kind of grease the groove, loosen up the loosen up the joints, and get get that kind of muscle mind memory. Back. Mm-hmm. Then we'll start moving Maybe. away in the summer. Simple. And like you said, with the numbers game, I gave my teens a, a goal in their mindset goal. It was like, we have 11 weeks. Uh, your goal is to hit 50 training sessions in 11 weeks. Nice. That's on average for a week. I said, you're on your summer holidays. You're not working. You have to get out of bed. They have to be at the gym for eight o'clock in the morning. Because some of the parents are like, oh, no, they're not going to lie. No, they don't get a lie-in. They get to get up. They get up and do something they want to do. And then by the time they get back to school, they'll be able to have a lie-in going to school. So they'll feel better about themselves. Um, but yes, yeah, 50 sessions they have to do. That's, that's the goal. And if you all get 50 sessions, you'll all get a new no. <clears> There'll <throat> be no. a t-shirt that will do. And uh, just things like that, because they, they, they like that kind of, like you said, like that kind of dangling the carrot. Like if you complete yes. this, I will give you this and there's a, there's a like I said delayed gratification you put in all the sessions or you know like uh, I don't know if you guys have used to do basketball camps during the summer you sign up and you get the cool jersey on day one yeah uh, and I, I know camps do that we used to do it where kids camps uh, they come in as it, every 20 kids wearing the FSM gear and I look deadly for a photo now we only do it at the very end. Yeah, yeah. And you only get it if you earned it. You gotta turn up, you have to have a good attitude, and then at the end of it, then you 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 earn this t shirt that no one else, you can't buy it anywhere. It's at it it's it's for you because you put in the work and time and effort. And I think that teaches kids that kind of mm-hmm. resilience and that, that mental toughness to like and even like it's a dangling carrot, but it works and it helps them. I can change their their head about, like I say, like a lot of instant gratification. I want this. I, to get it. I want the new shoes. Okay. I want the new training gear. Okay. Uh, I was like, well, you want this, and it's it's not an expensive t shirt. It's a simple t shirt. Yeah. But you have to put the work in to get it, and there's Great. that, and you'll you'll have a pride about that. 100%. Then, then, like, if I gave you everything you would discard a lot of it. Um, but if you had to earn it, you hold on to it, you appreciate it more. And I think that that's a big lesson. And, and coaches and youth coaches have that opportunity to instill that in young kids. And you see it with, like, a lot of sports. Um, and a lot of coaches can instill that uh, that gratification, that niceness. Like, <clears throat> I don't know about America, and i, I sorry, Canada. and You, you could probably... Yeah. Tell me if it's, if it's, like, in Ireland, there's, a, like, football, soccer, right? And there is, I might get in trouble for that. <clears throat> well, if they watch it. If there's an arrogance to young football players. They, they act like they're already making millions. And they're already famous. Right. Right. With Gaelic players, <clears throat> the, the sport that you, can't, you don't make money in, there's a humbleness about them. Right. Same with rugby players, there tends to be a humbleness, you know, to a, when they get older, that's kind of changes. Mm. Um, but there's de- depending on the lifestyle they see in the sport, they're trying to emulate the the top players and walking around and trying to be uh, like you say you you act like a millionaire player, and you're not you're not even there. You haven't even made it halfway yet. <clears throat> you're just on a pitch mm-hmm. every weekend, and I, I think. I don't know, like, it's just from my observation with sports. I don't know if it happens in sports where you are, but there's definitely an element of that. And I think that needs to be, that needs to be taken. Now, I, I think coaches who want to be coaches, who want to work <clears throat> in any sport, anywhere in the world, the governing body should have them understanding mindset and humbleness and being a good human more so like everyone wants to win i get that but you still have to understand the basics of being a good human and hard work and earning it and failure and all that and i think coaches have that innate ability to teach that
1: right 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 no it's true because like you see me like i'm from montreal right um i'm from montreal um the main sport over there is hockey Mm. right it's a big hockey hockey is a big 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 thing over there um basketball not really but basketball has become more of a i want to say as immigrant parents have come over and things like that it's it's an easier sport to pick up than hockey because hockey you got to buy equipment every year the kids growing up you got to change you know you got to buy a lot of equipment skates you got to buy it's it's a lot whereas basketball you just need shoes Mm. <laughs> got your shorts you know you got a ball and that's it it's way easier mm. um basketball and soccer those are the main two um what I found with Montreal players especially with basketball now rising in popularity in Canada in general is work the guys that are actually doing good so we have like uh we have like guys in the NBA we have like three we have Kem Birch we have a uh, Lou Dort and we have uh Chris Boucher. Um these guys understood that it's a that it's a underdog mentality, right? And Mm -hmm. the underdog mentality has made them have success at the level that they're at right now.
0: Yeah.
1: I find that a lot when you're not exposed to hardships, especially young, when you know your parents are either there to help you or there's just the whole aura of the sport itself is just putting you on a pedestal. I yeah. find that when adversity hits, you don't know how to, how to, you don't know how to handle it. But basketball not being like a main sport, we've had to find ways, right. So with me, I'm a coach from Montreal. Mm. I just moved to Toronto um, to be more specific. I'm in Orangeville, so I'm at Orangeville Prep. Mm. And it's a sacrifice that I had to make. It's something that I had to do if I wanted to make this basketball thing work for me. Right. I had to move away. Um, A lot of our athletes have to move away. Right. They have to go into situations where they don't have full scholarships yet. Some of them have to go to Juco route. Right. Where they have to um, go. They have to work before practices, like not live at home and things like that. Right. I just think that all of that really builds you into who you are. And I think adversity is good. And that's where I think that as coaches, and as yourself as a parent too, it's important to allow adversity to, to guide to guide our and to guide our players. Adversity is gonna hit, but just how do they handle it? What's your relationship with What's your relationship with wins, and what's your relationship with losing? That's the main thing. Like mm. when you win, do you just are you full of yourself? Do you take that to a Do you take that and be like, oh well, I won, da, 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 and you let that you let that affect your perspective on things or do you kind of like bring yourself back down to a middle and be like, you know, you take the praise that comes with it and bring yourself back down to the middle. Yeah. When you lose, do you let that affect you? Or do you understand that it's part of the process and then bring yourself back there to the middle? So I think the middle ground is always like, that's where a lot of people have success. Mm. I think anytime you can be (laughs) humble, like you said, um, anytime you can let losses not really affect you, I think that's where you can have a lot of um, a lot a lot a lot of success, and I think that as coaches, that's our that's our best thing, you know, I'll help our athletes, you know,
0: maneuver. Yeah, I I, I totally agree, and I, I think with the like you were touching on with the the winning and the losing, um, that's a big aspect. Now, just I know for me, and I don't know whether it was something wrong with me, if I won something, I I can't hold on to it. You know, some people are like, oh, yeah, like yeah. I, when I played in high school, I <laughs> won the big game. I'm like, yeah, you're 40. It's not – if that's your highlight reel, you, 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 like there's a lot of issues there. Um, but, yeah, no, I like if, if I win something or if I lose something, it's kind of like, okay, I, I, actually, I actually dwell on losing more because how could I have done it better? <clears throat> right, right, and right. It Like, it like if I do, like if, when I used to compete in weightlifting or or CrossFit events, or even basketball, mm-hmm. if I lost a game, what was I doing wrong? Where could I've been? How could I've moved better? And I used, tried to use it as a learning curve. Now, I'm not going to say every game I analyzed or every win I kind of moved on from, but I think that, like you said, it's it's a good that middle ground of right, you're winning, awesome. If you lose, that's okay us right. let's, let, let's move on. Because dwelling on it, if you, you can't change what happened. Mm-hmm. What was the, the, the thing I, I say this to my teens, I say this to I, anyone I have these type of conversations. If you can't physically impact the situation, you're wasting your time thinking about it. Great, right. I like no, that.
1: I'm going to steal that. I'm yeah, going to steal that. I'm going to steal that? one day when you're an nba coach or so i'm going to hear that i'm Yo. like bastard no <laughs> that's 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 very good actually because it's 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 in the now right if you can not yeah. affect it right now like there's no real there's no real thing and do you ever have these situations where like you you end up doing good you win something or whatever but then after people ask you oh why aren't why are you why are you Why are you not happy about it? Not, it's almost like It's almost like either you know the work that you put in, you expected it, or you just
0: don't want to get too high on yourself,
1: kind of thing. Yeah,
0: you ever have well, those? I kind of I kind of <laughs> I I think, and again, this is something I heard from someone else, he, another coach who was a, a, in discus and stuff. And he goes, "I've trained for years, win state championships, and then I stand on, and I get my medal, and then I'm like five minutes later, I'm like." And everyone's like, yeah, you're amazing, you're doing this. He goes, yeah. And then his, his kind of look was, when uh, obviously looking back on his career, was it was always the, oh, the journey, which was the joy. 100%. Work, the, good, the good sessions, the bad sessions, the, the fun he had with his teammates. Uh, standing on a podium wasn't the, the win. It wasn't the big win for him. It was right. training with his team, his element, his environment. And I, I, I like, and I kind of, I'm kind of similar with that mindset. It's kind of like, like when I, for me, it's like if I ever do workshops in the gym, like, I do, like we do Olympic lifting or nutrition, or we have like 20, 30 people mm-hmm. to listen to me talk for two hours or, or five hour seminar. And as soon as it's over and people will come up and they're like, hey, that was really good. Or as a feedback, I'm always like, I, I start just dismantling it. I, could have I couldn't this better couldn't about mm-hmm. and they don't know that I'm thinking that, but I don't know that's just me I'm, I suppose that's just my outlook I don't go yeah I just ran the best seminar just the best podcast I've done uh, rather than uh, actually no I could I should have asked that question or I should have kind of held back here or I should have said this or I should have invited that um I suppose that's not everyone that's just kind of me. Um, but I think the journey of everything, when I look back on all the stuff that I do, I kind of like the idea of all the work I've had to put in. I like that. I've had right.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm right behind you there. I'm right behind you. It's, it's. But I do think like with um, with the pandemic and the, the, everybody kind of going down, you know, with the different routines, not necessarily having their routines specific and stuff like that. I do think lately I've learned to like take a step back and be like, you know, pat myself on the back for some of the stuff that I've done. Because mm-hmm. I think that's important. I think that when we when we fail, and this is a, this is a big mindset thing, and there's a whole bunch about this. That's, that's my thing on my, on, my, uh, on my channels, man. Mindset is so huge. I think a lot of times we don't want to let ourselves down, but we mm-hmm. don't want to give ourselves credit. Your relationship is something that you have to tend to. So if you have to do what it is that you have to do to get yourself centered, you have to do it. But also like you have to, yes, give yourself, you know, give yourself, you know, be hard on yourself, but also give yourself credit. Because I think that can that can transform itself into insecurities for other people, especially if you have that negative self-talk with yourself. If you have a negative self-talk with yourself and it t- and it brings you down, it's it's very easy for other people to t- give you criticism and you not take it properly, yeah. right? So you kind of have to be open with, um, you kind of have to be open with criticism, but you kind of have to give yourself some 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 you know a pat on the back, be like yo, yes, I did good. Good.
0: <laughs> we call it the, the criticism sandwich. So uh, I'll compliment you, I'll then criticize you, and then I'll compliment you again. So that was a great game. Your three-pointers weren't really on point, so we need to start working on that. But you really, really moved on the court. So you got compliment, yeah. compliment, what we want to work on, compliment. And that for a lot of, like, well, obviously, we don't say that for, but when I work with my teens, it's like I said, uh, that's really good. And my joke is, anytime time to do something really well. I said, that was amazing, but now I want you to do better and faster. And then they know yeah. that that's me saying you did an amazing job. Uh, right. because obviously you couldn't do it better and faster. Uh, and I like to kind of play around with that. Um, but I do I do think, yeah, you need to give yourself a break. And that's something that I've only actually implemented true lockdown, true COVID, mm-hmm. is that I give myself designated between two to four hours a week. It's just me. <clears throat> Phone off. Now, I that could be watching the new Superman movie or a Marvel yeah. film or yeah. I go out on a hike or I go and indulge in whatever amount of food I want to indulge in. Um, but it, I have to give myself, that's my reward for just me time. And like right. I know, some, not everyone needs it. I need, like before we had kids, uh, outdoors, I used to say, Stephen, I'm having a Stephen day, which I just get up and go off. and I wouldn't come back to later. And I just right. go for coffees and have a nice lunch and, I'd go for a swim or <clears throat> go to a lake or something like that and uh, obviously with kids now you can't really just get them and go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not a side on as it used to be. Uh, but when they're older I'll probably get it back. But yeah, like taking some time for yourself is a big thing uh, at a big learning curve especially like I suppose kids and teens not so much now but it'd be a good lesson for them to kind of learn and then like you say like patting yourself on the back for the good things you've done. Like yeah. my goal is to help people and when people like thank me for that. That's I take that. Like it, if I get a nice email referral or an email from a member or um, a, a message, it's a screenshot and it's sent into an email folder, and it just says, okay. <clears throat> uh, "Great feedback." So anytime I'm having a, a shit day, I click click on that and see all the positive members' comments they've had. I even have uh, like a, a notice board in my office of just notes from members over the years that have said everything thanks for helping because that's what makes me get up and do what my job is that i've helped
1: someone
0: it's not that i'm boasting about my certifications or i have the best gym in ireland and i'm the best coach and blah blah blah. it's not as like like looking at that like there's a 72 year old who i helped become stronger and he was fear of falling and he, I bumped into him and he was saying that he, when he fell, he was able to pick himself back up. That's and huge. That was, was wow. taxed to me. And I'm like, and then he wrote me a huge review and I have it posted on my notice board there. Cause that's a reminder. It's like, you did help someone that one time. and not no, but you have helped people. And that's yeah. where I think I get my gratitude from. Um, is when I, but I need to look at that. I think people need to have that a lot. Mm-hmm. And like take those little wins wherever your wins are whatever it is like if it's you've turned off all your training sessions or your coach said something good take them write them down and then because you everyone's going to have a bad day like i'm sure you've gone through some like bad days or weeks absolutely i've been burnt out where my head my hands and then it hits time i have to go out to the gym and then hey guys let's go let's get some work done and they have no idea that what i'm going through in the office going I don't know if the gym's going to survive. This is in our early years. Uh, I don't know if it's going to work. Uh, or we walk out and there's only like one kid there. Uh, I'm like, well, I better give that kid the best hour of his day. Right. Like, because yeah. otherwise he's not going to come back. They'll have no kids. <clears throat> and that was it when yeah. we started following our program. And yeah. that to our other coaches like, it doesn't matter. If they turn up, you got to give them the best hour of their day. If you're, you're have that to. Day, you're you have you have to that mindset because it's not like you as a coach never it's not, know. A, it's not about me it's about helping them and then you ever come back and say thank you I'm sure there's uh, that that's your justification for doing what you do
1: Right. And that's where I think that's where I think um, taking time for yourself is super important because you're investing so much time in others. Right. You're investing so much time in others. At a certain point, you're going to have to kind of like take that time to give something back to yourself. You know, like whether it's like go on a walk, like my thing is like going for drives and just listening to podcasts. That's my thing. Yeah. Like I just like it's just it, it allows me to recenter myself. You know, um, I think I think where, where I, what I appreciate what you've said the most, I think, is you're helping these athletes with the mindfulness, Mm. right? You're having these sessions with them. I think that's what I appreciate from what you said, because I, I think if it, it all comes down to you being able to center yourself, right? By you being able to like, kind of have the tools to be able to center yourself, you being able to recognize that, this is what I need to accomplish in a day to feel good about myself. Mm. Um, This is when I'm not having a good day, you know, just that self-awareness. Yeah. I think self-awareness is key. like, just like knowing who you are, you know, maybe I'm someone who reacts more to uh, my coach, you know, yelling at me. Maybe I'm someone more like that. Maybe I'm more someone who is, you know, my coach has to walk me through something, Mm. you know, but just that self-awareness and helping them identify the tools to help them. Yeah, that's why I, I I really I really like that. And
0: I I I think it's a bigger thing than what people I know. Like I said, even when I sat down with the teens, I, we do it every year, but now we're doing it more frequently. And I said, I know what I'm about to say. I know some of the questions I'm going to ask are going to sound corny and they're going to sound embarrassing. Mm-hmm. But trust me mm-hmm. when I tell you, this is for your benefit. And now <clears throat> I had to go ask all the parents, like a few days later. How did they enjoy it? Because the kids won't give me any feedback. <clears throat> right, right. Everything's too cool. And, right. But yeah, like it's, I, like you said, like you are allowed to have bad days. But yeah. you're also, if you get given the tools to recognize I'm having a bad day, how do I get out of it? So Absolutely. I think, and I think how to get out of all bad days uh, and all situations where you're overwhelmed. And, and and this is something I actually only learned. Like, so if you, how am I feeling? Why am I feeling the way I'm feeling right now? Mm-hmm. A, B, and C. How does an energetic me deal with this?
1: Right? right.
0: What step do I need to take to become the energetic me? Go for a run, go for a walk, listen to something, go hang out with some friends, um, <clears throat> go to bed early, and it's sleep more. I think they're really big. And for teenagers and young athletes, being overwhelmed by are you you're not as good as the other player or your social media, you're not like it's like not you're not getting enough likes or you're not invited to the, the event or the party or you're not hanging around with a certain group. Right. The the way overwhelmed was explained to me, and I thought it was amazing. Overwhelmed is view of vision a circle. Overwhelmed is you in a circle and arrows pointing all out of the circle. Mm -hmm. And when you are focused, you're not overwhelmed. So you reverse, you draw another circle, you put yourself in the center, and you put all the arrows on the outside of the circle facing into you. So when you're focused on facing you, you. you're not overwhelmed. When you focus on everything else, you end up doing nothing, which means you become overwhelmed. So it's stuff like. Oh, well, I I don't like what such and such does. Stop following them. Outside of the mind, you can focus on yourself. And, like, like, uh, oh, well, I'm not getting enough likes. That's overwhelming. Why do you need enough likes? Then answer, why is having enough likes or why is having the the latest pair of trainers Mm -hmm. so important? And then when you break it down, they'll go, well, actually, it's not that important. I was like, exactly. You're, you're made to believe that having the best gear is important because that's what marketing companies do. Right. Have right. To have new, like you'll get a new pair of trainers and then the new version will come out. Like, yeah. Oh. The phones, phones are a great example. I got the new oh, iPhone man. and I was like, <laughs> now we got the new iPhone. I'm like, <clears throat> yeah. And then I, I that FOMO for a missing out kind of aspect. I, I think if we can educate kids and work with kids on that, and it's, I, I almost believe that you can get to the root of all issues with children and teens by asking very specific direct questions and getting yes, get ask very specific and direct questions to themselves. Um, we did this technique with our teens called the hot pen, where um, you've, they have to write for 15 minutes straight and they're not allowed to stop, not even allowed to shake out their death, they and like right. I don't care what they're right, You they can say, I hate writing this because coach makes me do this and this is a stupid idea. But eventually, right. psychology on it is that after 10 minutes, you can't process like normal talk. So you'll start like stuff from your subconscious, real stuff will start coming up. <laughs> the brain. Yeah. And I've done this a few times, like I with, with the adults, you do 20 to 30 minutes. That's hard. Mm-hmm. Our teens, we did fifteen minutes because I knew twenty minutes was going to be too much for them.
1: So what do you? So what do you do with what do you do with that with that uh, information after? Like when it gets to like the subconscious, do you tell them to like analyze it or like whatever? Like it what did...
0: well, for for, for our teens, we just get into kind of brain dump. It's like kind of brain dump, but it's a constant one. It's uh. So okay, if we're, if we're doing something specifically, so what I asked the kids, what the teens was, is that. On um, the 1st of January, 2022, I am so happy that I achieved something. So they're in the future and they're going to spend 15 minutes writing about their they made the team, they're they deadlifted like 100 kilos, they, they're they happier at home, they're, they're, they're closer with their parents, all that stuff. And then what you do is then you just reverse engineer. So you've made the team. What do you need to do to make the team? I need to turn up more. Okay. How many times do you need to turn up? What you need to do in the next 30 days to make that happen? What can you do today? To mm. And then we mm. can reverse engineer to literally right now, what are you going to do to make the team in 20 to have what you're writing now to be a true fact? <clears throat> but also, what comes up is a lot of stuff about I don't like how such and such said things to me, or I don't like how such and such makes me feel. Right. It's that um, when it's in your head, <clears throat> you're internalizing it. But when it's when right. you project it onto a page, uh, you're you're releasing it from your brain, and you Yo, get to process it, deal with it. Like I'm doing a lot of mindset work over the last year, and yeah. some of this stuff is. Uh, and I even asked, I asked all, I asked one of our kids yesterday, "How did you find the hot pin? And she goes, "I didn't really get it, but yeah, she wrote eight pages of information." Right, right, right. But go reread that information and then highlight the yeah. thing. <clears throat> it's fascinating. Cause it's like,
1: it's a form of like, it's a form of communication. Like you're you starting to like with the internet, you have all these different ways for us to be able to communicate. Right. For a lot of people, sometimes it's vlogging. Right. Yeah. Other people, sometimes it might be just like journaling, writing in the diary or something like that. This exercise you're talking about is like, you're, you're, you're basically almost like talking to yourself. Right. Yeah. And where I think that has like a lot of, impact is because as as humans when we have an idea and it's in our head most of the time you got to find a way to uh project that you got to project it out yeah right so if you have like negative thoughts if you have like negative thoughts about yourself or whatever most of the times like you know the, the simple way where people take right, i go to the gym go to the gym you know just don't think about it it's just you got to do 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 things mm. if i just sit here and i start thinking that's why I think this pandemic has been very eye-opening to the work that we have to do. And it's deeper than just the sports that we have is you put yourself in situations where you're isolated from yourself, from your friends. You can't talk, you can't participate to your sport. You got to do this. So a lot of the work is on you, right? Mm -hmm. So now you're in a situation where you're by yourself and you're thinking, you're thinking, what is this person? What is this person doing? And I'm not going to lie. I've had days where I'm like, just by not being able to coach I felt like I was falling behind I was like man like what is it that I have to do and stuff like that but yeah the big picture like you said like putting the putting the information out there in whatever form you feel comfortable with and I think that's another part of the self-awareness right some people are better with video some people are better with pictures some people are better yeah. with um, writing right help them identify what they're self-aware with what what they um, identify as their strength make them use that to their best of their ability and then after you'll notice like things go so much better after that
0: it is and it's the one thing that i like because i remember the first time i did it i wrote a lot and i got a lot out of it second time i did it i went so much deeper third time even deeper because you Mm -hmm. can only the the kind of psychology as i said before you can only kind of rationally think about things for 10 minutes but then you just get your brain just starts like just start going over and it starts turning starts pulling up stuff and then you get you get to the root of why you're unhappy or why you're happy or why things are going wrong or why things are going right because you're actually getting to the root source of like again like if you tell me like if, like if someone comes in and goes hey i want to lose weight <clears throat> why i want to feel better Why do you want to feel better? I'm not happy. And it always gets back to, I'm currently not happy about how I look and feel. Mm -hmm. And and it's the same things, questions. Keep asking. How do we move youth development, youth strength, youth as athletes in, in sports? How do we change the game and get, because this is all stuff that tends to be done when you make it. you see like Eric Thomas or you see all like a Tony Robbins goes and talks to a team and like motivates them to win the season and all that but my kind of thing is like imagine starting this now like with an 8 year old and by the time he's a teen and picks Mm -hmm. the sport of of his choice he knows how to he knows how to deal with bad situations he knows how to deal with win a loss an injury Right. right yep and then if he doesn't get picked or he doesn't go pro he can he can internalize it he can process it and he can move on from it Mm -hmm. i think i think that's the next level of coaching for coaches Uh, right i don't think it needs to be a very specific niche or like psychology and you're going to counseling i think this is all if it's trained properly it's something kids can can develop themselves and use themselves to become stronger mentally physically and then I think it would make better athletes in the long run.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. On just just having like that mindset. Hmm. Absolutely. I agree with you. I agree with you. Sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. Sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Um but yeah like uh so we've been a good hour now uh into this. I love the I used to try and do podcasts like keep them to 20 minutes and they always went over and um, because I like I don't like to kind of just go right. We've five questions. Let's get through our five questions. I like just going right. up, fixing, then you're seeing what happens. And if it flows, it flows. And <clears throat> because I find if we go right, you've answered that question. We need to move to question two. That's why I used to do them years ago. And I just I, I wasn't really enjoying them as much as I enjoyed the new yeah. ones doing because they're just conversations. Right. Yeah. Um, but you got that. Um, you got the promotion for Orangeville Prep. So yeah. For you. I know like on the social media and all of your you know, your posts you're very proud and stuff like that so that's another step for you so mm-hmm. I, I i don't want to say it in a bad way but like so you, you you got there so like what's the plan with orangeville prep and how you work there and then what's the evolution of this journey that you're on mm-hmm
1: uh, that's a, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think, I think when, um, whenever you get like a promotion, whenever you get a job, I think it's important for you to, to, to talk with the, like if, if you have like a athletic directors or you have like somebody who works over you or like a, if you're an assistant coach, if you're working with a head coach or whatever, I think it's important for you to be able to communicate with these people, to be able to see what direction is possible to see if it fits where you want to go. Yeah. So journeys to the pros, you guys know, like, you guys could see it. Like, for me, it's eventually I want to become a professional coach. Yeah. Whether it's NBA, whether it's G League, whether it's coaching in the NCAA, whether it's coaching overseas, right? Overseas for us is, is uh, in Europe. So yeah. <laughs> so I think <laughs> just getting the mix up because, like, different people might hear different things. So, yeah. For me, uh, it would be, like, Europe coaching overseas is considered Europe. Um, yeah. For me, the next step – Right now, like it's it's gonna be weird to say. It's mm-hmm. gonna be weird to say, but like I think I've bounced around a lot in the past four years. I'm just happy to be somewhere for the next for, for the next couple of years. Yeah. You know, I'm really because I've seen like the impact that I've been able to have like in the short term, but like what impact am I able to have in a long term long term, like a couple years. <laughs> someplace where you know I come in and try to see try to affect the environment as much as possible. Yeah. So yeah. I've learned to as much as possible when you're somewhere, you gotta be, you got to do the best job where your two feet are. Mm. Right. So right now I'm just focused on being the best assistant coach being there for the for the players, you know, be making myself available, helping them yeah. reach the because it's it it is the best is the best prep school in Canada. Right. We send, on average, we send about I want to say between five to last year we had like eight nine, like players to go play to the next level, right? Very good. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think my focus is like giving back to these guys and just being grateful for the opportunity that I have. Yeah. Um, obviously, in the long term, I want to eventually end up on an NBA staff or a um, or a NCAA staff. But right now I notice that I have this opportunity to affect my environment. Mm. And if I take this opportunity for granted, I won't be able to get to where I want to go. So yes, I have the goal of where I want yes. to go, but I can't be stuck on the next thing. You know, I can't move on. I gotta be
0: I gotta well, be well, good here. Yeah. And I think you, you nailed it by saying you want to affect your environment. <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. I I think that's that's a very strong statement because when you if you spend the next like three four five six years with Orangeville Prep and everything's going well and you are creating better athletes and that will be seen so your environment becomes better absolutely and then your external people will see that absolutely done here but if you're chasing the next interview then. You're not infecting an environment. You're just, it's passing through. And I don't mm-hmm. think that will be, I think a lot of people try and rush that. They're not wanting to put the time into the, the process. And I think that's the goal is to be a coach somewhere else, not understanding that to get there, you have to be the best now you at have what you're to. doing. You, yeah. have be, you have to be impacting everyone in the best way now. Um, and I think that's it, 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 like like you said, you want to impact your environment. That shows the personality that you have, which if all like if all goes according to plan, I'd say that you will re- achieve your goal because you know that you, the work now is to make where you are the best place.
1: Right. Right. That's, that's, that's what a lot of people don't get stuck on. And like, that's what we were talking about before about being able to teach the kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Just helping them understand that today I'm going to leave today. I'm going to leave today better. And tomorrow I'm going to, I'm going to make it even better kind of thing. Just like yeah. little things like that, you know, and it might sound little things that are t- trivial, but like, um, here we have, uh, we have kids that live on campus. Right. And like just getting them to understand that okay um you have to um if you see a trash can you know yeah it's mm-hmm. not your trash but like it's still a reflection of you you yeah. know because you're part of a team now just getting them to understand that yo, know, like take it upon yourself take responsibility because the reality is this and i love giving these examples if we can't hold each other accountable for cleaning our environment Mm. I can't be mad if you guys don't hold yourselves accountable if somebody is, if somebody doesn't call a pick and roll, if somebody doesn't call the screen and somebody gets hit by the screen, you yeah. know, I can't be mad at you guys. If somebody decides to slack off one day and not go get their jump shots. Yeah. And nobody's able to feel comfortable enough to tell them that, yo, you slack today. You no, know? that same, the little things make up the big picture. You know, so if we hold ourselves accountable for like little things like picking up the trash, picking up um um making your beds and things like that. Well, what ends up happening is that the bigger things are easier because once we understand that, like it's nothing personal, it's we want the you best know. for what's each other.
0: It's a little victories day. So <clears throat> mm-hmm. I like I like that idea. It's like it's your it's your uh, it's it's your call, it's your campus, it's your environment. Like if your parents were coming. Like, it's like, if you have, like, for, like, for me, like, if you have, if I have guests over, the house gets clean. Right. The toilet. Bowl. Right. It's a reflection of you. <laughs> yes. It's, when someone absolutely. goes into my bathroom, I want them to go, man, that's a clean toilet. And I, I absolutely. I, actually, I say that to my guys at the gym. I said, the number one thing, I, I was like, a clean bathroom means so much to people walking into it and there's a oh, man! There's
1: man. A, a front door in the washroom. This is the bay too.
0: Yeah. Yo, <laughs> yeah. Man, so, man. I think that's like that mentality that you're uh-huh. putting in, and, and then it the kids. And the other thing is like, if two or three start doing it, they'll all fall. Right. They'll all right. suit. And I think that's that's a big thing. And you might have to repeat it multiple times and re reinvent it or like kind of talk about it from different angles but yeah like we all know that if you make your bed in the morning you're actually more productive to have a better day
1: right right i'll give you an example you're gonna like this one i'll give you an example if let's say i fly you out and i tell you to come visit our campus right and then you see you walk in into our lounge and you see like you see like uh there's, there's garbage on the ground, there's towels everywhere and things yeah. like that. You're not going to be like, oh, that must be number 44 or is garbage from that. It'd be like, yeah, no, yeah. this whole team, they're not that. I'll give you another example. If I go, if now I go to Ireland and I walk into your gym, right? And none of the weights are put away. Simple example.
0: Is that a I reflection you, of the gym? Refl- or yeah, is that a reflection? And 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 that's you know? that's that's it. That's, that's 100% it, like, like, you, you people, we have this, and as soon as we meet each other, it's a judgment. Do <clears throat> I like them or not like them. Unfortunate, but yes, it's true. And that's yeah. survival. That's like, is this guy going to kill me or are we going to be mates? Does his opinions mm-hmm. conflict with mine? And that's another thing that, like, with regards to opinion, you can have an opinion on a topic and that's, and I might disagree with it 100%. That's okay too. I think there's a, yeah. there's a whole thing like if you're not on on this specific train, I was like, no, 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 I'm allowed not like what you like, but we can still get along, right? Like, it doesn't right. it doesn't affect me. I think it's funny in Ireland. I'm sure I, I'm sure it's the same sports uh, say sports. over, is that if two local teams are playing, they are rivals and they hate each other, and they're odds. Oh, but if the national team plays, and they're all friends. <clears throat> <laughs> like, yeah. you know how silly it can be because <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's a it's a judgment thing. It's like oh well, like uh, you're from a different part of like Dublin is sectioned up into like there's different accents from Dublin and uh, all over and depending right, on way right, out right. In the country. There's a there's a there's a slag or a joke about you, and it, it, it's, it's human nature. And ninety percent of the time, it's all fun. It's just a bit of banter, a bit of a, a bit of right. Jazz. But no, I, I do get that. That little one percent. Are you what I, is what you're doing right now making you a better person, which will make you a better player? Picking up the trash. Right. <laughs> make you a better person. Can only control what you can right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah, no, that was good. Oliver, I, I have truly enjoyed this um conversation. Oh like this conversation. Yo. <clears throat>
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I actually have one. I actually have one question for you. Yeah, far away. Have a, as sports are evolving, right? As sports are evolving, like athletes are becoming um, stronger. Athletes are becoming more creative. Athletes are becoming, um, you know, the um, more, the more in need of training. Mm-hmm. how has that shifted how you've um ha- how how you've adapted your trainings right so i'll I'll give you an example like we talked to, we touched up about it a little bit in the beginning but like um put-
0: hello yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know i haven't it's still recording yeah
1: yeah <laughs> No, but like, okay, so um, I could talk about it. Basketball, like it's the yeah. training, right? Back in the day, it used to be more static, like lift weights and be more static because the game used to be more static, right? It used to be mm. in the post. Somebody's going to post up, right? Static strength used to mean a lot, right? So now as the game has evolved and everybody goes more to a five out kind of playing style, that static strength doesn't play a f-er because everything's in movement right so if i'm stronger than someone if somebody comes at me with speed i'm kind of my strength doesn't play a factor anymore now it's more about lateral absorb kind of thing you get what i'm trying to say so like yeah people had to rethink how they train things so like how has that um changed your uh if, if so, I have, well, based yeah. on like the different sports that your people do, like that your athletes do, how has that changed? Um, well, for me, it's
0: I look at I look at the sport. So, for example, with the basketball girls, for, no matter what, the foundations of strength training are always part of the program. They'll always do some sort of deadlift variation. They'll always do some sort of squat or lunging variation. And until they fix mechanics, we don't do explosive work because I don't allow explosive training on bad mechanics. But for the basketball girls, they do a lot of uh, unilateral training. So they're training left side, right side, because you're always on the pretty much. And then when we do our conditioning pieces, we add in like a a kind of multi-directional training in regards to what if they're using, like if have to swing a kettlebell, they might have to do a multi-directional movement to get to the next piece of equipment. Uh, And I try and make it as game-like as possible. Right, that's Uh, the key. Like that. The only thing I won't do was run them <clears throat> because they run enough on the on the on the pitch like on, on the court. Sorry, uh, I have a judo girl who, again, we I make her literally throw sandbags loads because she has to throw human bodies loads. So she's to pick up a sandbag, she's to walk for a long time, she's to squat with it, she's to throw it over shoulder, she's to go off do another exercise, a lot of rotational work, and then she's to go back to that sandbag. It's like why the sandbag it's like well she used to throw a 50 kilo she's a 50 kilo judo uh champion so she's mm-hmm. throwing people at 50 kilos so i get her my goal is to get her comfortably throwing 60 kilo bags because okay. it's supposed close to a human being as you're going to get it right and if you can throw around that way for multi-directional purposes when she's on the mat she's going to be twice as strong so depending on the athlete uh, and their weaknesses so firstly basing off where their weakness is then I will build a level of strength but then because of their sport is a performing sport I got to get them ready for their sport so like you said there's no point in just doing basic strength work all the time right, right. it has to be a transition or something that mimics as close as you can to the sport like and I'll give you an example where I actually messed up well yeah messed I got it wrong I would always teach my guys to jump in basketball and it was always very precision jumping. And then Mm -hmm. I eventually figured out because one of my girls kept getting a bad knee and I figured out that when she catches the ball, her right foot is always in front of her left foot in her shooting stance. Mm -hmm. And then I started shooting and I noticed that that's just a natural thing. When she doesn't have a ball in her hand, she'll jump perfectly. But when she has a ball in her hand, her foot changes right we adapt it we make or do all the jumping drills with a basketball
1: oh yeah so i gotta ask you this so do you ever have situations where like is it all sports specific athletes in one session or do you have like different sports in different sessions and if so do you have like a specific you know do you have specific workouts that you've seen that works throughout all these different sports
0: uh, depending on the sport, so for, well, generally our strength and conditioning program is a group-based program. It is a generic, well yeah. not generic, it is a GPP. So it's to help teams understand movement and we do conditioning work. For my sports performance guys, they're all individually trained unless they're on the same team. And if they're on the same team, they still get, they'll, they'll get adaptations. Depending on the sport, so like I don't believe a basketball player needs to run five k's. Mm-hmm. No, no benefit to the to the to the to the game. Right. I running a five k in my mind. You, it's a stop-start sprint sport. You need to be more explosive, and you need to be able to. You need to be able to suck at a higher level of heart rate. You need to be able to perform. Right. So if you're going to shoot free throws, I want you to do like eight minutes of burpees and a salt bike, and they go do your free throws while you're completely exhausted and nearly dizzy. So engage you yeah. pressure, you're, you're simulating that. So the goal is to try and simulate their sport. The judo girl is on the mat for a couple of minutes. So she has to put everything in. So we have to give her really intense conditioning pieces. Uh, but then again, I also take into account that she is doing a lot of conditioning pieces. My basketball clients are doing a lot of sprint work in their, in their own training with their coaches. So I don't want to overlap. So my main thing is that if I do get a new client in, I got, and I might have a new a client coming in who's a prospect goalkeeper, is uh, I need to speak to the coach and I need to speak to the parent. And yeah, as to get at the yeah. athlete's timetable. And then, well, this is what I can do. This is, And then we'll give it a go. I never guarantee anything. The only thing I'll guarantee is I'll make your child stronger. But I, right. I don't know if how it's going to work with your sport. Um, f- so far, it's all gone positive. I make someone stronger, they perform better on the, on, the, on, the, on the court. Like, my two players have now made the Super League. That's the top team in Ireland for basketball. Or the top league. Nice. <laughs> at 17. Oh, uh, that's amazing, man. The question was, uh, how are you so defined? How are you so strong? It's like, they deadlift and they learned how to jump a lot of people never learn how to jump yeah when i met them yeah. they didn't know how to jump they can jump they weren't jumping correctly so yeah basics and then that, like i don't care about a vertical jump i honestly don't um but if i make you stronger it will all impact the game in a positive way once i'm not trying right done for like one rep max deadlifts and stuff like that like this just, uh, you don't train an athlete like a powerlifter unless your athlete is a powerlifter in my opinion
1: right yeah no for sure. this is why this is why you're one of the best men this is why i'm following your page man appreciate appreciate the time appreciate no. the friendship that we've developed
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah, this is I, great, I, man. This was great. I wish you all the best. And if you ever get offered a job in Europe, I hope it's not Ireland. <laughs> 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 no money. No... Hey,
1: we'll see. Times will change. Times yeah. could change, man. We don't
0: know. Times could change. We'll be unique, especially uh, Adam. Uh, Adam, I'm, 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 like, there's a good. It's. A, I like the basketball. The basketball Ireland here is is cool. It, should, it is. It's. I think it's underfunded. It needs a lot more work. Uh, but they're getting there. It's just a slow. Mm-hmm. It's not as. It's not. It's not a national sport. So, <clears throat> as well, like yeah. Uh,
1: no, it'll, it'll get there. Like sports will get there.
0: Yeah, like it's from when it'll I, get when get I, there. I stopped playing. Hour,
1: like, uh, get there.
0: Yeah. Um. But yeah, dude, it's it's been a it's been an honor. It's been a privilege to chat with you today. I really appreciate you taking time as well. And uh, just for anyone who is watching this, I'll put. Uh, if you, I don't have his TikTok. I'm sure it's on your Instagram, but I'll put your Instagram. You can find his TikTok. Yeah. He's got some really funny videos uh, and, <laughs> and some really good insights into uh, coaching young basketball athletes and stars. So definitely check them out. And don't forget, if you did like the show, please give me a like and subscribe and leave a, a positive comment because um, it makes me feel better when I hear that you like the show. Uh, it's just a good thing. Um, and if you want me to feel better, oh, you have to give me a like. <laughs> You're listening to the Live, Live, Play podcast.